TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 493, and I'm Libby, your host. And this week, we have returning guests. Hi, this is Allison, and I write reviews for Weedonopolis. This is Tom. I'm professor of communication and media studies at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hey, this is Peter. I write for Why So Blue, and I live in Hollywood. Hi, this is Yusun, costume designer and TV enthusiast from Los Angeles. All right, let's start off with the news. I have that uh, the Wires showrunners have been tapped to do a new limited series for HBO called We Own This City, which is going to focus on Baltimore's Gun Trace Task Force, which, I, why? I, that was like just my own reaction. I like, why, why would you do that? Okay, whatever. I, I love The Wire, but I... Don't I guess I have to see more to get a little more excited about that. Um, Ray Liotta is set to star in In With the Devil for Apple Plus TV. Uh, Mandy Patinkin will join The Good Fight in their new season. I love Mandy Patinkin, but not enough to watch The Good Fight. Uh, <laughs> it's a show. I, I like that show. Don't, don't be dissing like The Good show. Fight. <laughs> it's a yeah, good... I've always liked it. Eh, I never liked the. I didn't like the Good Wife. I watched three seasons of that and broke, and then I left. This is a different. This is a different show because Diane is the affirmative action hire at a black law firm. That's that. That's the premise of the show. So eh. it's kind of, they deal with racial issues quite a bit. Um, polls will end with an abbreviated season three. Does anybody know the hype behind that? Why did that happen? No, um, I I have no idea. I I read about that, and I'm not sure why they gave it an abbreviated se- season, other than the fact that it is an eclectic show that you know gets. I, th- I mean, I thought it was doing well in the ratings, but I I don't know, um, you know, or they just decided that they, they they ran out of story because you know they're covering the AIDS crisis over over a particular period with a particular group, and that the whole voguing thing only lasted just so long, so. I don't know. Um, it's it's kind of sad. I felt bad about it because I love that show. Um, but that's all I know about it. Okay. All right. Uh, Ted Lasso has added Sarah Niles from I Will Destroy You for its season two. Uh, Does anyone know when that's coming out? They're, they're just starting to shoot, so it's going to be a minute. Uh, Party Down is has a revival in the works at Stars. And I was like, really? I mean, I enjoyed Party Down, but not enough to be like, I need that show to come back. Like, But it would, does that mean we get Kristen Bell? Because she was pretty good in that. She mm. was, but I don't know, man. I just... I mean, Party... no, I agree. I don't know if we need a new... I don't know if we need it to come back. But if we do, I am like, oh, I mean, I like a lot of those cast members. Like, yeah. Uh, and, and yeah, to me, it really depends on how much of the cast they get back. Um, Bosch... It has a spinoff that is a go at IMDb TV. And I was like, IMDb TV has original programming? Did we know mm-hmm. that? Yep. We do now. Okay. 
Um, the Simpsons has gotten a season, a two season pickup. How many seasons does that make, Peter? Is that like twenty three and thirty four? Holy oh, crap! I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that made me realize. Bart oh. is the world's oldest tenth or fourth grader. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Uh, and Superman and Lois got a season two pickup already after two episodes. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. Not a surprise to me either. And that's all the news I have. Tom, what do you got? I have a little bit more. Alec Ma- at ABC, Alec Mappa joins Alec Baldwin and Kelsey Grammer in the, their untitled ABC comedy. And then uh, at Apple TV Plus, Nicole Kidman, Cynthia Erivo, Merritt Weaver, and Allison Brie are going to star in an anthology series from the creators of Glow. Um, Also at Apple TV+, Plus, Dr. Brain, a Korean webtoon, is getting a live-action adaptation. Ooh. And then Calls premieres March 19th with all nine episodes, and the cast includes Pedro Pascal, Rosario Dawson, Nick Jonas, and a lot of other people. I will just point out, I saw the trailer for Cause, and and I was like, this is just a podcast with cool visuals because it's 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 seriously if you look at it it's basically just audio it's phone calls and then they have these graphics to represent the phone calls but there's no the actors are not on screen and i was like how is this different from a podcast drama like i feel like it's the same but they're putting it on apple apple tv so whatever go ahead covidtainment that's yes Um, at CBS, Clarice co-creator Jenny Lumet has set an overall deal with CBS. She's also on the has been on the Star Treks. Uh, Supergirl season six is going to air in Superman and Lois time slot while they're on hiatus, which is going to start uh, at the end of this month. Uh, Obi Wan at Disney Plus has cast Indira Varma. Hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Not specified, but she's good. Uh, American Crime Story Impeachment has cast Edie Falco as Hillary Rodham Clinton. Yes, I saw that. Um, at HBO Max, Gugu Mbatha Rod and David Oyelowo will top will headline the Girl Before adaptation. Um, Netflix has greenlit an Asterix 3D animated series. What's funny? I was I just recorded a podcast. Not sorry, not a podcast. WonderCon at Home panel, and somebody was like. Why has nobody adapted Asterix? Literally, the next day, they're adapting Asterix. <laughs> uh, Netflix also bought Kevin Hart's drama Fatherhood. Timothy Spall is joining Leslie Manville in Masterpieces Magpie Murders for PBS. At Showtime, the First Lady has added Dakota Fanning to the cast. And Stars has bought the hot European miniseries It's a Sin from Russell T. Davies. The, the show is... Produced by Russell T. Davies. They didn't buy it personally from him. Okay. That's it. All right. Let's start off the shows. First up, we're going to talk about The Equalizer. And I think this is episode four. And I'm not going to say this was any kind of brilliance in cinema or anything. But one thing that they did do in this episode that I thought was, I don't know if it was good or bad. But it was like, it was actually almost two episodes. Both of them were tropey. But in Very but tropic. different but different tropes, I will give you that mm. it was it was it was two different tropes. So I think the first one was the 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 community leader that gets killed because he's trying to make improvements 
in the neighborhood and they fake his death and blah, blah, blah. And it's really some big corporate thing. And then the second half of the episode is now involving trying to take down the big corporate guy and you need the CIA links and blah, blah, blah. So it was actually like, it was very strange. It was like, we have down in the street, street level kind of thing dealing with those guys. And then you have the big corporate guy that you have to use, you have to use different methods to try to take him down. And I don't know. What did you, what did you think, Allison? Yeah, it was kind of schizophrenic. Also, it was, like you said, very, very tropey. It's, it's like, watching this cavalcade of cliches and it's a shame because I mean the whole the whole stuff that they started off with the community leader and people being forced out for development and all of that could have you know provided for a really interesting story if they concentrated on just that um and and you, you didn't need to turn it into a whole like espionage thriller with you know you know going to the the top of the the the, uh, the building, building well, I mean, and the whole then thing you wouldn't have had to, dressing up for a ball. And I was about to say, you wouldn't have had Latifah in the nice gold dress. Which she looked really awesome in. I mean, yeah, of course, she looked great. But it was still, you know, and, and their double cross was, was cool. You know, all of that was great. But it should have been, you know, in two separate episodes. So we could have had, like, an Ocean's Eleven type thing going on, you know, in one episode. But and then we have, like, you know, a serious bit about uh the failure of, of of communities um and and how they're being disintegrated you know for development in another and it could have it they they just mushed the two together and not very well and then of course we've got we still have to keep shoehorning in her family who feel more and more shoehorned with with every passing week it's like <laughs> oh god this again um, just to remind us that they're there, and uh, you know, they, if, if there was some way that they could integrate them oh, into wait, the rest the, of the story, the, the that would be fine. The daughter was was all about potholes, right? Wasn't that the daughter? Yeah, story? yeah. Well, yeah. she's trying to be an activist too. They, I feel like they br- tried to bring it back from like start with the activism and then the moral well, of the was, story is get it was active. The same theme, but it, yeah. she didn't. But it doesn't tie her into the actual story. No. It's just ties it in no. thematically, and and no. I don't need her for that. Um, it just feels unnecessary, and you know, I, I well, one thing I, I will say, I, one I, thing I will say is that it made you, if you were a young person, it made you think, oh, I can do something. So sure, I actually right. thought that was interesting. Yeah, but they, gonna... you know, they could have they could have done that with with another character who's actually part of the storyline. Yeah, but they're they trying to give her stuff. stuff. Yeah, but yeah. I wish they wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think well, the family works. Yeah, we've already said that. So let's move on. Like, okay, right. you said, you said your thoughts real quick. Your thoughts. Yeah, real quick. Um, I I don't think that this episode was any worse than last week's episode, but that is really not a compliment. No. Um, but I will call this a pasta show. I feel like they're just throwing whatever they can and seeing what sticks on the wall. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, they got the spy thing. They got the, you know, like the CIA thing. They got the equalizer thing. They got the kid thing. I think Chris Noth is um, criminally underused. That I like don't know why he's on the show. So like there are all these characters. Um, so the, the plots and all of that are, the acting's fine but not great the plots are all tropey uh, there's way too many characters there's way too many storylines this episode splitting it i completely agree with you um and then the last thing that i will say is um just to point out something i you know when she was um 
not ambushed, but kind of when she was like surrounded by the guys, the gang members and this and that. And I thought I was like, oh, this is, you know, stereotypical whatever. And I was like, how is she going to get out of that? And I'm not even saying it was good, but it was hilarious. It was just funny and weird. It was entertaining. Yeah, that was entertaining. She did the like magic bullet, the magic gun fingers. And I was like, what is happening? You know, and I was like, where are they going with this? So I just thought that was kind of fun and different. Um, And they tried to utilize her sidekick, you know, which I like that she's a sniper. I also like the tiny little detail that their army and was it army and air force or whatever, which, you know, is a constant kind of thing in, in real life. So they try with these little details and they try with these little weirdness so it's not like the show isn't trying i almost feel like they're trying too hard so i will give it one more episode and then i'll kind of make my decision all right well let's move on there's nothing really more to talk about about it all right uh next up we're going to talk about the walking dead meaning peter is because i tapped out last season and uh peter (laughs) peter's still watching so uh what's up with the show peter well, so wait, um, this pod, yeah, you know, well, what the hell? Um, I have AMC Plus. I don't have cable, so I have AMC Plus. And because of that, I get to see The Walking Dead. I think it's like the Thursday before it airs on Sunday. So technically, normally, I think you and I would be talking about really last Sunday's episode. But I know this podcast will go up. Monday. After- yeah. It'll right. go up after it so, airs, so that's fine. I'll just both. So the first... The, the first episode has Maggie return, and um, it's good. Like, I like Lauren Cohen and stuff, and um, I love seeing how adorable Herschel is, um, you know, which is na- named after her dad uh, and everything. It's an okay episode. I was very aware of the fact that I think, um, I think these are basically 10 bonus episodes they made during the pandemic, which means that you've basically got characters isolated a lot because you can't do a lot of big battles and everything. Um, so that's fine. And near the end, they some bad guy talks about someone named Pope. So I'm assuming that's the new Reapers or whatever thing, which I don't really care about. But it was nice. I like, I like seeing Maggie. So I was like, that's cool. It's okay. However, um, the new episode, which I guess will go up tonight or whatever, is focused on Carol... Basically, it's uh, Carol and Daryl find a cabin in the woods that um, basically goes into time. Because you know that The Walking Dead has been jumping ahead in time. So there's a period where Daryl was looking for Rick. And he basically kind of had a relationship with a woman. So there's this woman that you know we get to know who has uh, d- uh, the dog and everything. And so that's how the dog comes to be. Um I liked that episode because I like seeing Carol and Daryl like with their friendship and their friendship straining now. And it's kind of cool to see Daryl confront Carol about, again, I actually skipped some Walking Dead episodes, but essentially, and I think Libya, you can speak to this. You got very frustrated with Carol because I think she basically puts, she basically lets Negan go because she wants Alpha. Is Alpha the main one? I think Alpha's the main one. Wants Alpha dead. Uh, because because her her surrogate son died, and Daryl pretty much calls her on it and everything, and it's just like even though obviously it's sad Henry died, it's like you're basically you always just justify everything for yourself. It's always got to be your way. It's a pretty good scene, 
Actually, I'm surprised I didn't text you, Olivia, because I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. So that stuff was pretty good. It's very much, it is very much a Walking Dead, the characters in her cabin with some flashbacks. But because I like those characters, I was like, oh, I like this. This is interesting. And I like to see perhaps their friendship it cannot come back. You know, maybe this is the end of the road for them. Um, so I liked it. That's all I got to say. But anyways, yeah, I mean, if you're a fan of The Walking Dead, these little bonus episodes, yeah, entertaining. Mm. Okay. Uh, I used to be a fan of The Walking Dead. <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about Snowpiercer. And this week's episode, Tom and Allison are going to talk about because I was not in the mental space to deal with the depressing reality of Snowpiercer. <laughs> uh, so what did you guys think of this week's episode? I loved it. I, I thought it was great. I thought what they, they did a number of things with this episode that I thought was um, very good. I mean, first of all, they we are we got to see what Melanie is doing at the uh, the research station. And, you know, where she's getting all the data from the balloons that they've been sending up and things like that. But we're also getting a look into her character and what led to Snowpiercer taking off without Wilford. And what led to actually the creation of Snowpiercer in the first place. And because she keeps, she's all alone and she's kind of freaking out and she arrives at this station and there's nothing but dead bodies there. And, you know, it's freezing cold and she manages to, to not die just barely. But um, she keeps having these, these hallucinations and flashbacks. She's like talking to imaginary versions of Wilford and Leighton and, and her daughter throughout okay. the episode. Yeah, and and she's and she's having flashbacks to you know memories of of this this happening and what Snowpiercer was originally meant to be, and she was brought on just you know to be a, a you know a technical person for Wilford's fleet of luxury trains, and Snowpiercer was just the latest in a series before the the world just you know started collapsing and then it got repurposed, but. Um, you see all these little pieces, you know, coming together and how, how Wilford was, uh, they finally made the decision to leave Wilford behind and why, um, which was a very good one. Um, Cause they, he cray cray. They, Cause he's, he's evil. He's, he's, and he's very evil and, and murderously. So, um, and, and so, you know, you get, you get all these little bits and, uh, and, and you get to see the, the side of Melanie that, is incredibly resourceful and smart because um, the, the way she's able to survive there is is really interestingly done. Um, so I thought it was catch a rat, and you can find out where the other rats are hiding and eat for the whole episode. I thought that was brilliant because <laughs> I, when she first finds the rat, I thought you know she was she was going to like drown it, and I'm I'm then I'm thinking there are easier ways to killing that rat. And then she, and then I realized, no, she's just tracking it to where it came from, which you know leads to her finding this vent, where there's there's like a crack in the earth and there's hot water coming up, there's steam coming up that's actually allowing you know plant life, like fungal life, to grow on on the rocks, and that's what the rats are living off of. And so she's managing to now live off the rats. But she knows that if, if this is happening, if the earth is still geologically active and all of this is going on, you know, that's more, more reason why the snow will melt. 
So that's that's more fodder for for that theory. Uh, so all I thought everything that was done in this episode was was really great. Um, and and in the next episode we're going to go back to finding out what was going on on the train while she was doing this um, because it ends in a particularly bad place. And 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 uh, I want to see what leads up to that. The um, the last scene basically she's in a race. She's in a race trying to catch up to the train as they go by. Mm. And they don't stop for her. No. So she's... Although you can see that they tried to. The, the brakes, like, flare out for a second. Like, they're, they're, like there's someone trying to break the train, and then it stops, and it goes, and it, and it keeps going on. I don't know and what that's daughter, Alex is in the last car looking at her, sadly, and Melanie is forlorn in the distance, so bum bum bum. Seemingly be... doomed to die. Yeah, but you know, I think her contract is better than that, so I'm not particularly worried. <laughs> All right, let's wrap this one up. So you guys say a thumbs up, right? Way thumbs up. It was a great episode. Good episode. All right, next up, we're going to talk about debris, not debris, which sounds like uh, you're putting, you're sprucing up your, your apartment. Um, this was a new pilot for the new sci fi show on, what is it, NBC, I want to say? Um, and part of the reason why I wasn't particularly excited about this is because we've seen a million sci fi uh genre super high concept shows on abc and cbs and all those and they get canceled in one season uh unless the show's like on netflix or a streaming service it just doesn't have the longevity and part part of it is too sometimes the the genre or the high concept is not really that particularly interesting high concept and i think that's what this show this show falls in the not particularly interesting high concepts I don't even know if I want to call it high concept. It's more like medium concept. It's concept uh, formed over by so many other shows. Yes. I mean, it's 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 Fringe went there and X Files went there, and you know, there's there's so many other shows that have have been covered the same territory and done it better. Um, yeah. I mean, that's my problem. If it was done well, I, I I think I would have you know liked it better, but. Honestly, after the first episode, I deleted it off my DVR. I was that unimpressed. So you're saying it's tropey and dopey. <laughs> well, I want yeah. I want Peter to talk because he liked it better than than you. Go ahead, Peter. Well, actually, to be fair, going off of what Allison just said on the podcast, I actually don't think she's really that far off the mark. I I think I did like it a little more than her. But um, as as listeners might not know, we have a we have a podcast text chain, and Allison was not a fan of debris, <laughs> <laughs> so much so that I was like, "Wait, is it that bad?" I was like, "Oh my god, it sound like the worst thing." I was like, "It can't be that terrible." And I was like, "All right, fine." I was like, "Now I'm gonna watch it." What Allison just said, it's very tropey. It's kind of generic. It's like, yeah, actually, that's true. Like, I I would agree. Uh, it was more. Allison's uh, like disgust and contempt for the show that made me curious. I was like, wait, come on. So it had I, the opposite effect, damn it. Right. I think that it's fine. Spoiled my I, evil plan. Right. I um it's it is essentially like a fringe like type thing. You have, you know, uh, t- uh two agents and it, I think the premise here is that one is from uh one's from Britain, one's America because 
a spaceship crash to Earth, but the debris is all over the all over the place. And basically different countries are trying to vie for this material and everything. And so you're, we're supposed to be watching this being like, it's not really about X-Files and Fringe. Typically that formula is, I guess you'd say it's like a believer and a skeptic. This isn't really that because everybody knows this ship like it's it's an, an, an i mean it's a real thing that happened so i guess the conflict is supposed to be these two characters don't know if they can trust each other because the information they get they have to share with their superiors honestly all of that is pretty lame like i really didn't care about any of that however um how they when they come across like people who have been affected by the debris uh, it usually leads to kind of this weird floating body thing, and I thought that was kind of cool. Like, I was like, oh, this is kind of creepy. There's a scene where they find a body that's, like, floating, and it's I think it's stuck on, like, a fence. And they're like, oh, the wind must have pushed the body here. But they realize the wind is actually going the other way. Although, technically, wind changes, so maybe whatever. But um, I liked... I liked that, that then they unattach the body and they follow it and they see a bunch of other floating bodies. Like, that was kind of weird to me. Also, the main plot seems to be, and we're going to get to this with WandaVision also, I feel like you were saying, you know, we have a lot of we have a lot of shows that are borrowing from other things. Obviously, this borrows from, like, yes, like an X-Files type thing. The other thing it kind of borrows from, um, which is at least the first episode is it's borrowing from Tarkovsky's Solaris, um, which as a big film nerd, like I really love. And Solaris is super quick. Solaris is basically like a a planet where if you're above this planet and you let's say your your husband died or whatever, your husband is is back. However, it is only your version of the husband. So it's not really the husband. It's your version of it. And in here we have a child that died uh, of a uh, like a car accident. The mom feels really guilty. Anybody watching the show, that kid clearly seems like an alien because you're like, okay, this doesn't seem, there's something weird about this kid. But it did make me think of Solaris. It was like, well, I guess it's the notion of the alien is feeding off of our emotions. That I didn't think was that bad. I was like, well, this is kind it's like, this could go. I, I will, I will interject. Interesting. I, will, I will interject only in that. Yes, the beginning concept of the grief and blah, blah, blah is interesting, but the end of the episode was the cheesiest thing I'd ever seen it in my life. Totally cheesy. It makes no sense. If you're, you know how dangerous this debris is, why aren't you all in hazmat suit? Like, they're just walking up to this, all these things. And I was just like, what yeah, are you they doing? They take no like, precautions what whatsoever. Well, no. that's not even what I was talking about. They solved the episode with a woman telling her mom she loves her. And the episode is solved. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, come on. Unless it's a Disney film, if you end something with the power of love, (laughs) you have a guaranteed I'm not going to watch this again. Yeah, it was the cheesiest solution ever. I was was ready to turn this thing off. Like, come on. However, however, we're going to get to this later with WandaVision, but I do see similarities. And I think that we are probably all more positive on, on WandaVision than we are on this. Well, so, also, be- WandaVision, I think, earned their ending. This did not earn anything. It's similar. There is a similar. Nah, but, it, but what, let's stick, to stick to debris. To stick to debris, I, I am no way. I, I can't really recommend this show. I guess, as we would say on this, I, my thumb is thumb sideways. I'm like, eh, it's fine. Like, if you like this, 
I agree, though, with Livia that the odds are this show is going to get canceled. So, like, why even commit? Yeah. But I don't know. Also, I kind of like their... They have a, you know, like these shows, they always have some kind of opening thing. And this one is that basically a um, a woman who's like a, a cleaning person at the hotel, she sees the debris on like the 30th or the 15th floor or something. And she goes to touch it and she goes whoop, through the floor. And then she dies on the first floor. So like she touched it. She somehow like phased through and basically fell to her death. Like, that's not a bad opening. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like, it has things like that where I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. You guys didn't find Yeah, but it is not consistent at all. I'm not saying it's consistent. But, Allison, you you weren't intrigued with the woman phasing through 15 stories and being like, how did that happen? That's an interesting gimmick thing. But, you know, if it's not followed up with anything else, it's, it's it's just there. And and there wasn't. And there's there's also one of the things that that get me about these shows, and they were just able to to pull it off with things like Fringe and X Files, is the whole idea of we have to keep this from the public. You know, we have to make sure that the public never right. finds out about this. And I'm sorry, but in a day and age where everything is online, you know, somebody gets a hangnail and they post it to, to Instagram and everybody knows it yeah. from here to Bengal. Um, there, There is no way that debris falling from outer space <laughs> all over the planet would not be like on, on everybody's Twitter right. account. Okay. There, there was, it would just be everywhere. It was stupid to, to have the idea that you're trying to keep this from the general public. It's not possible. And the lies that they came up with to cover for it didn't make any sense either. But whatever. We need to move on. Let's move on. Uh, Next up, we're going to talk about Charmed. And uh, I'm almost caught up with Charmed. I'm very close. But I actually started laughing because, okay, so they, they solved the issue with the witches. Now all the witches have their powers back. But now they're cursed with this thing. That will, that will keep them apart. And I was like, you mean like socially distanced? So all the characters have to stay basically six feet apart from each other. And I thought that was like, once I realized it, I was like, why does that look so familiar? And I went, oh, okay, I see what's happening. And so that's their curse is that none of them can touch each other. They all have to figure out how to avoid each other and stay away from each other. They'll break out in hives. They'll be shot across the room. And it's their version of of the whole commentary of what's going on in the world. And I was like, oh, I see what you guys did there. I don't know how interesting that is. And it does... I guess it's interesting in that they're doing... They're, they're trying to deal with what everyone's dealing with. They're making it kind of current. But putting a magical flair on it, I suppose. And because the only reason I'm watching the show is because of uh, Macy and, uh, what's the white letter, Harry, their relationship, and now they can't touch, oh my god, you know. <laughs> what did you think, Allison? Um, you know, it's one of those light, fluffy, you know, you, you, you blow on it and it just flies away and disappears kind of shows. Um but it's entertaining. It's fun. And, you know, I, I, it's the same thing with me. I love the relationship that they've got between Macy and Harry. And I think even though they can't touch each other, 
they've they've filled the gap with they've actually made their relationship stronger really in a way because they're they're constantly giving each other these longing looks <laughs> you know trying to find ways of being together again and you know so when this is over they may find another way to keep them apart which which is a trope that i hate with these shows it's like let them have a relationship it's possible for adults to have a relationship and write a show about it um but uh, in the meantime, yeah, I'm 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 enjoying it. It's 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 fun. It's nothing. It's light as air, but uh, it's it's silly as all hell. Uh, especially their attempts to, say... to go ahead, go ahead. No, especially their attempts when they do try to tackle like a, a social issue, like um, trans rights and things like that, which they 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 have in the last couple of episodes. It's it's just you know, really anvil over the head kind of thing. <laughs> but, um, but it means well, it's, it's, a, it's basically a sweet show and it's entertaining. Oh, what was I just about to say? Uh, oh, what's up with the sister, the youngest sister's hair? What happened? It looked like it she oh. turned into a poodle. <laughs> yeah, apparently, I, I don't know. Maybe that's one of the effects of the curse. It's like, <laughs> poofed out her hair to grotesque dimensions and yes <laughs> i was yeah. like what the heck just happened all right yes that's all i have to say about that let's move on to a better show next up we're going to talk about uh superman and lois and this was episode two and the quality did not go down i was very very happy Please, please keep it up, please. Yeah. <laughs> the typical CW Arrowverse shit thing where it starts strong, uh, turns into poop. Okay, what did you think? Okay, go ahead, Tom. What are your thoughts since you spoke up first? I, I thought it was solid. I, um, you know, it almost acted like the second half of the pilot because Lois ends up quitting her job at the Daily Planet because Morgan Edge dares rewrite her, which that's not cool. <laughs> Well, I mean, especially and leave her name on it, too, and without and, talking and, to her, yeah. And leave your name on it, yeah. In no other medium, yeah, if that happened in real life, yeah, there would be hell to pay. And right. She made it's, them. And she's uh, also one of their top reporters, and she's got all the awards. It doesn't, yeah, to put her name on something like that is crazy, but go ahead. Well, editors do edit, but they, they do go over their edits with exactly. the, the journalists, yeah, so they yeah. have the right to take their name off if they feel it no longer reflects their work. Correct. Um, which did, is not what happened. That's the main thing that he did wrong, was that he did not advise her of that. You're right. And he's a bad guy, so of course he's going to do that. <laughs> of course he did, yes. Um, what was kind of cool is um, Clark takes Jordan to the Fortress of Solitude to meet Ghost Dad, Jarrell, or Ghost Grandpa. Yep. Who's kind of a douche. Thank you! Thank you! <laughs> I said the same thing. Who's kind of a not, douche. I am not that... Well, you know, the, the, in Smallville, they made him a, a douche, too, but a different kind. It's like he started out great, you know, and of course they had Terrence Stamp doing the voice, so, the, you know, you can't argue there. But, um, you know, he, he eventually got really kind of weirdly evil at the end. This, he just starts out and you, you just, I don't know, from the very get-go, I didn't trust him. And, <laughs> and he's, he's, you know, he's saying things about the kid and I'm going, I wouldn't take that as gospel. Um, and I'm not sure whether it's because the way he's written or the actor who they cast in it, who, who normally plays like low-level bureaucrats and, and, you know, kind of douchey people to begin with. It's Robert the Bruce um, from Braveheart. It's Angus McFadden. 
Yeah, so he um, plays bad guys. That's her point. He plays bad guys. Yeah, and and usually not not lead not lead bad guys, but like he he plays like second and third level bad guys. He always he always you know answers to somebody else. So um, I, yeah, I was looking at this and going, really, really. This is the first time I remember really not liking uh, Jarrell. I was like, man, Jarrell's a terrible dude. Like, what what is going on? Yeah, and I, I don't know. I mean, if it's okay to make like a prediction, but I have this feeling that the you know because he keeps saying that the the kid couldn't possibly you know produce all this power because he's too human, and then we've got the other kid who's supposed to have no power whatsoever. I have this feeling that the what, it's going to turn out that the two of them have to be together. For ah, like Wonder Twins, Wonder, Wonder Twins, Twins activate! Twins. Yeah, I was thinking that too. That that's actually not a bad that that's actually a pretty that's a pretty good theory. That's oh well, thank you. Yeah, I like it. I thought that too. Yeah. The um, so some some of the stuff in in Smallville proper going on with um like with Lana and her family. Yeah. I don't know. I really like I really like that actor, but I kind of don't like her in this role. I like Lana. I think yeah. she's fine. Her husband's a douchebag. Yeah, well, that... he's supposed to be a douchebag, but yeah. yeah, yeah, but he's a little too sledgehammery. He has yeah. like zero subtlety. Yeah, it's like you wonder why he's not wearing a MAGA hat or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's totally real art of the Yeah, it's I'm very broad. The, chase. the big reveal is that Captain Luther is from an. Is is from one of the infinite Earths, right? That was ravaged by a black-suited evil Superman, right? And he's he's convinced that our cow is going to go bad, and is trying to get Sam Lane on his side. But so, he doesn't know. I mean, in his universe, that was his general, which I get. But he doesn't know that Superman's married to that dude's daughter. So, oops. Yeah, and the thing is, supposedly there are other ramifications of Crisis that have already affected this show, so... Well, the twins, that, there used to only be one, and now they have yeah. two. Okay, mm -hmm. that, that, that's the big thing. And I'm not sure... Yeah, I'll be interested. I, I, I want to jump in. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. No, no, I no. Think, I think this show is pivotal for the Arrowverse's continued success. Right. Because a lot of their shows are about to age out. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yusun, uh, go ahead real quick. Give your yeah, yeah. Well, I part of the reason I came to this podcast was to talk about uh, Superman and Lois. So clearly, uh, I'm a fan. Um, I also, Allison, almost from the get-go, once it, they switched that the emo kid had the powers, I thought, oh no, they're both going to have it. You know what I mean? And you know, and it's going to be Wonder Twins. So I, to me, that was. I mean, we could be wrong, but uh, like Tom said, I think it's a very legitimate guess. Um, you guys touched on a lot of stuff, except I want to do two more things. Which one is that there? Are, it's a it's a villain heavy show. We don't like Jarrell. We don't like the big business corporate guy, and I don't like. Uh, and I believe Libya, you agree with me. I don't like the dad. I don't like Do Lois's dad. So you know, in a show, usually I complain about the villain, you know, not being good enough or you know whatever. I, I mean. This is like a plethora of, of villains. We're like, pick one, you know what I mean? So um, I kind of like that. I feel like that's kind of new. And it does make the show quite heavy, like not depressing, but there's like they're being attacked on all sides. If you throw in the the husband, the faux MAGA with that not wearing, not hat wearing, uh, you know, MAGA, you know, guy, that's four. So they're kind of being bombarded on all sides. And I don't oh, and mind the, that. And, the, and the, the boyfriend at school, too. Yes. Oh, my sense. gosh. Exactly. So they're 
literally yeah. being hammered, which I don't really see in the feel good puppies and rainbow kind of superhero things. So it's, it is a very dark show, um, but not in like super heavy emotionally, but that kind of a thematic, you know, attacking on all sides kind of a thing. So, and the last thing I will say, which is just a much more general comment, uh, because like I said, you guys hit all the notes. Um, I like that uh, there did that sort of Terminator kind of, you know, alternate universe war kind of middle thing. I think that's going to be an interesting storyline to go with Luther and the dad who just seems like a unhappy father-in-law, which is annoying, but you know, it seems like they're going to give him a plot. Um, I am so surprised at how emotionally invested I am in these characters already. And I said this to Libya and it's worth me saying it, this is like my discovery. It's got enough. It's got a lot of action. It's got characters I really care about. And it's already making me like super emotionally invested. So this show has a little bit of everything for me. So it is really, it, look, the second episode wasn't like better than the first, um, but it it's super solid, zero slide. And I'm really hoping that it gets even better. So, so I'm in, in, in. Like, uh, I'm really happy about... I'm so surprised at how much I like the show, to be honest. Because, you know... <laughs> to be honest, Berlanti, the whole Arrowverse thing, I don't care if the Arrowverse collapses on itself. If this is like the, you know, the phoenix rising from the ashes. Great. I will, you know, I'm on. This is, right. you know, one All of right. my favorite teams. All right. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about Young Sheldon. And uh, this episode was... There was two storylines... One, well, is it more than two? And one was the brother trying to make his exercise video, <laughs> which was pretty funny. Uh, he did have a point. He was like, why is everybody paying money for Richard Simmons? And he's like, I'm prettier. And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. So, and then the other storyline, what was Sheldon was wanted to be a lab assistant and was just badgering and badgering <laughs> that guy so that he could be his lab assistant and he actually put the, and he was like, now I've perfected my method to get my way. And I was like, yep, that's pretty much Sheldon. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see by the look on Peter's face that he has not seen this episode. No, that's weird though, because my, uh, my CBS now Paramount app, I watched two episodes of Sheldon and mom, but it, keeps me up to date wait i don't know this episode at all i'm like wait i didn't i didn't see this one i guess i'm one behind oh what was the week before just to convince me what the week before they wanted sheldon to go to dinner with dave oh yeah that's it that's the last one yes and then and i liked who was playing the um the dean of admissions or whatever whatever love her from just shoot me that was the one i thought we were talking about i'm sorry i guess i haven't seen this one you're an episode behind like uh, i'm sorry it's good yeah, hey, go ahead, Tom. I think it. I, I'm glad they got Jason Alexander back as the drama teacher because that he's was he's crazy. He's he's <laughs> and he's he's just like a charlatan. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. And me and Mima sets him straight when she reads the contract. <laughs> yeah, he is completely not above board at all. And I mean, I understand. What is the son's name? The oldest son. I forgot his name. Oh, Georgie. 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 Like, Georgie. I understand why Georgie would go to him, because he's like, okay, the video I did might not have the greatest production value, so just help me out. And then he wants to do this huge thing with the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, and I was like, all, as soon as he said that, I was like, whoa, 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 we're going way above, you know, budget here. I thought he was just going to say, get some random local actresses to, or dancers to dance with him. 
Um, and then the sets and stuff. It was just such an elaborate... It was just too big. It was way too big for what they were trying to do. So, yeah. That was crazy. I thought the tag was brilliant, though, that they got uh, Hasselhoff to do it. <laughs> Wait, did I miss the tag? What was the tag? David Hasselhoff does the video. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Uh, That's fantastic. That's good. Uh, and then um, Sheldon figuring out how to manipulate people in general, and and then the uh, dean in particular. I don't understand why his method. Well, I mean, I understand why his method works because he's annoying. He annoys you until you give in. Is really his method, and I could see how that could work. But you should not teach children that that works. <laughs> Have some self-discipline. That's all. <laughs> Any other thoughts before we move on? Yep, okay. Solid. All right, next up, we're going to talk about Resident Alien. And this week's episode was so strange. It was such a, it's such a, it was a funny episode. Don't get me wrong. And I like that we did a flashback to understand who these military guys were. And, oh my God, what's her name? Oh, Linda, 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 Linda Hamilton, Hamilton was great as the general. Uh, and I like the whole flashback to understand why she's so interested in the aliens and blah, blah, blah. Like, all of that was, was good. I liked backing, because before we had no idea who these military people were. And why one was more hardcore than the other and all of that. So, I liked the backstory explaining that. That was great. And then, the actual story with the new doctor, which he kept saying he didn't want to be the doctor. But then he got really weirdly jealous. Like, what was that about? It was funny, but I'm not sure what that was about. Okay, Allison, go ahead. You talk. Well, I think, you know, it's it's part of the, the his his you know, burgeoning humanity. He's becoming more human and more invested in being a human than he intended to be or wants to be. Um so it, it's it's like, yeah, he's he's still intent on killing everybody and you know, but he wants them mission. to like him first. But exactly. I mean, you know, one of the funniest things that they did a couple of weeks ago was that whole opening where he has a dream about, you know, being liked by everybody in town to the tune of cheers, um, which just just killed me. I thought that that was absolutely brilliant. Um, but of course, you know, that too ends with him getting his weapon and, and wiping everybody out. So I think, you know, he's he's like torn. He's he's he he has this mission that he wants to complete and he's he's he wants to go back home. But at the same time, he's gotten attached to these people and he, he wants to be thought well of. And so I felt just the whole competition thing with this new doctor. It's like, you know, how come people don't react to me that way? Because I was the town doctor. Isn't that how it's supposed to work? Um, so it was reductionist that way. So I just, I, I thought that was all, all the competition that he had with I that. I also was, think was the new doctor's a weirdo. Because yeah, he's definitely... Off. There's something way off. He's a serial killer, right? Isn't that what you think? Like, I feel like this dude. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because yep. he invites this woman to his house to sleep with her, and then he makes this insane breakfast for her the next morning. Where I was like, "What?" Is like in some so, some egg florentine and blah 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 blah. And she's like, "What?" Only serial killers do that. I was like, "What?" Because he's too. He's too That's hilarious. He's just too much. I don't believe that he's what he says he is. 
Well, yeah. I think that comedy works on two levels because clearly she's the polar opposite. And I like how they're developing her character. You know, I, I think we've all kind of talked about how he's, you know, Alan's the best, the, mo the mostest, whatever. Um, obviously, this entire series wouldn't work without him. But, I, you know, we're giving them a chance. I am anyway. Every episode, I feel like they are trying to give us uh, more background and, and depth on their characters. And she's clearly, I liked it. I, I like that she was, we see the responsible side of her. She's the, you know, air, you know, research and rescue kind of a thing. And cause you know, she has that heavy skiing background. So um, I like that she isn't a complete mess. You know what I mean? She isn't just a bar sl sloppy bartender who's over or under sex. I can't, I can't decide. Um, but <laughs> she you know, but, but she, so she is an interesting character and obviously that'll be a good link to the new doctor. And I a thousand percent agree. Um, but it also worked on the comedy of, you know, it's not like we haven't seen in romantic comedies, like guys who try too hard the next morning, you know what I mean? So it works on that like surface level. Cause you know, it's funny cause of who she is. And then it works on that level as the total red herring contrast. I mean, I, I don't think it was not obvious, but, you know, that he's clearly more than meets the eye and it's an evil situation. Um, the, I want to, again, I'll talk about the side characters. Uh, I love the sheriff. I'm really beginning to love him when he was playing bad cop, good cop all, all by himself. <laughs> that, was that was a tour de force. I was like, this is great. You know, and and what was so he, great. Then, he was like, he was like, he's some kind of spy. He wouldn't break. And I was like, yes, because you were terrible. <laughs> yes, yes. And, you know, it was just so uh, bizarre. And he did it. He pulled it off, you know. And it was a great little com comic sketch. It could have been like a two, three-minute, you know, comedy sketch. Um, and so he's proving to me to be really great. Also, with, but with again, we, I talk about how it still has heart. And it does a lot of things. I And it's also not stagnant. He isn't a one-note joke. Um, that scene where he actually gives his deputy, uh, excuse me, the deputy, not his deputy. Yes. Saying that. The deputy. Um, some props, you know, for what clearly was a lot of hard work and, and logically makes a lot of sense, whatever. So, you know, I didn't want them to be like a Laurel and Hardy for the entire season. So he's showing growth. She's showing growth. So the show is definitely trying. I, I What is also trying to my nerves is, nice segue, you son, is the wife. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I find yeah. her... You know, I found it interesting, you know, definitely reintroduction of an old per a person who knew him in the past and the whole love thing. Um, but, you know, I don't know where they're going with this. I know, the fact she's, she spent the entire episode knocked out from drugs. Totally, so. and I was like, that's good with me. I was like, <laughs> I would have done the same. Like, Slipper and Mickey, I'm fine with that, which, you know, th in, in theory is horrible. But um, the last thing I will say to wrap it up is um, that uh, I feel like uh, that every episode, sort of, loosely, and I don't want to like go through them, but I do feel like we're kind of going through the range of emotions of humanity, of humanness. Like, you know, there is like the aspect of love. And I mean, this is literal, more physical, but sex he discovered. And now it's jealousy. And, you know, and the other one might have been like compassion. Like, I don't, I don't remember all of them. So that, you know, that it makes sense to me. They're doing a nice job about it. Um, I, to me, it's a slow, you know, it's not a rocket ship, but it's a slow moving train that just is absolutely going in the right direction. And I like that it isn't just about Alan Tudyk and he isn't the only one that has, you know, comedy or acting chops. I think if, if it turns into a nice ensemble, it would, maybe it has a chance of, of staying for season two. I don't think so. But anyway, it's not as weird and, <clears throat> excuse me, and unaccessible 
as it seems at first. You know what I mean? It definitely just kind of is about, you know, humanity and people and all that stuff. Longing and love and fitting in and being respected, blah, 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 whatever. Anyway, it's I thought this episode was very strong. All right. Well, I, I don't know how well it's doing in the ratings, but I can't imagine it's that expensive to produce. Right. So this may actually get a second season. I mean, especially if I mean, I, I don't know anything about how it's doing rating wise, but if it is doing well, I would assume that it's it's going to get a, at least a second season. Thumbs up for me. Yeah, All I right. hope so. Uh, next up, we're going to talk about WandaVision. So what did uh, you guys think of the finale? Series finale, actually. And that's exactly what it's called at the end, the series finale. Right. <laughs> so I know it didn't give us the, uh, Doctor the, Strange. the, the guest appearances that we were all <laughs> hoping for that was going to be amazing, but they actually just told the story and they ended the story within the story with what they had. So. Yeah, it was. I thought it was fine. Like, I didn't, I didn't love it or hate it. I was just kind of, I mean, kind of again going back to the debris thing. It made me when when Wandavision started, I was like, oh, so this is basically like the Twilight Zone episode where there's a kid and everybody in the town has to placate the kid because the kid is all powerful and the kid can do anything. And that is sort of what I think Wandavision started as. But by the end, because the real tragedy is that, you know, she could lose not just Vision, but now her children, it reminded me of Solaris, where it's like, except that she is also the planet. She's she's the thing creating all this stuff. I guess I just thought that, like, that's all fine, and I care about the characters, but I didn't really think... I, I think guess I didn't feel like I didn't feel like there was much to that. Well, I feel hey, like I wait, wait, think. Peter, Peter, can I just point out? I think okay. you're missing kind of what the point was. The point of WandaVision is her not dealing with grief. Yeah, that's what Solaris is. Yes, Solar- but 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 it's that's but the mean. whole thing is her journey is she learns to deal with grief. Yes, and I she does. She does. I guess I just don't know. And she gets a chance to say goodbye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I guess I just didn't. I guess I just didn't. I, what I felt I was strained because I think I will say this. I think Elizabeth Olsen is really good. I mean, so is so is uh, who's Paul Vision? Bettany. Paul, Paul Bettany. He's great too. He's great. I mean, everyone's good. Like, uh, but I really like Elizabeth Olsen. I really like the character of Wanda. I absolutely do feel her pain. I guess I just don't know what it is. I just thought as a finale, I was like, eh. also. And this is not about Wanda. Switching gears, and I'll let other people talk. I did not like halfway through this season when they basically made. I guess the guy who's in charge of Sword, he's like the bad guy. He's so like one dimensional villain in the last episode. It felt like first generation, like like Iron Man. I was just like, oh my god! I was like, this is not interesting at all. And then he's shooting at kids. I didn't wait. What Jay? He's shooting at I kids. Think he's shooting at kids, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, exactly. My last my last thing, and I'll let everyone else say was I gotta say, like, um, my uh my girlfriend brought this up that like there's a cool moment when um when uh Wanda brings Agatha to the the back to the witch trial. She bring brings yeah. her back to the moment, you know, and she seems like she's freaking out, and of course she's not. She's like, ha ha ha, I knew this all along. Like one of Wanda's like Wanda's cool powers is that like she makes you deal 
Like she puts you in your fear head, which can actually be a place. It's kind of weird to me that they only use that once and they basically spent the episode with them doing like hand gestures of like goofy purple and orange balls. I was like, that's your big, it like, it just felt kind of silly. You guys didn't, I felt like you could have done, especially after Agatha's reveal, I thought was so cool and iTunes, clearly that song became popular. I really felt like they didn't do much. I was like, wow, like it felt like it was going to be so much more that the antagonist, and it's just like a laser battle. I'm done. Yeah, who wants I, to go I next? Like to go ahead. I would, I'd like to respond because I, I have some direct things to say to Peter. Um, I <laughs> That sounded so menacing. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I have a few choice words for you, young Peter, man. Peter, let me tell you what I think. Um, no, I... Um, I kind of sort of forgot because I had all these things to say when you were saying them. Um, I agree with you. Let me start with the stuff that I agree with. Um, I think the witch battle was very, again, I know Zack Snyder didn't make this, but um, uh, I mean, you know, we talk about Lois and Superman. I talked about it, but yes, absolutely. It was just a very normal battle of, you know, oh, I'm going to win. Nope, you're going to win. I'm going to push you back. I'm not going to push you back. Whatever, moving on. Um, so that to me was the weakest point. I mean, clearly they had to fight and I did wonder like how it was sort of going to work out, but I didn't care the journey. I mean, you know, get me over the finish line. I, I actually, um, I did like the fact that she used her own spell against her. I thought that was cool. Yes. Yeah, but we all knew that was going to happen. When I didn't she was know like, that was going to happen. cast your own spell. You know, well, yeah, you cannot cast the, the That was, yeah, that was lesson number one. She's like, lesson number yes. one. The yeah. rules. I, mean, when I was she like, clearly that's that. the end yes. game. I was like, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so that, yeah, that wasn't it for me. But It was, it was um, the Chekhov's gun, basically. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I, you know, but but moving on to the other battle, also what I thought was hilarious was, or not hilarious, was Vision fighting himself, and that was that very was good. You know, I actually, I, I liked that. I liked and the I conversation. Loved, loved the whole, Let I me finish. The, That's where I'm going. Go ahead, go ahead. Which is what what started out to be very rote and kind of like, oh, they're equal in power. How is this going to work out? You know, and there was a, you know, it, no, it very much reminded me of Batman versus Superman, kind of like in a building across the street, down to the in the to the ground. But to me, the way they fixed it, or, you know, obviously it wasn't going to... My point is, yes, I ended up liking it a lot because, you know, in the end, it was like, I will beat you with logic. We will just talk, you know what I mean? And that was different, And I, because I really was like, how are they going to figure this out? They're just equal-powered. Um, so I thought that was a nice twist, and they did a great I job. Agree. And then I'm just going to finish by saying that uh, Elizabeth... What's her name? The lead Olsen. character. What's her Olsen, sorry. Yeah, How could I forget? Oh, the actress, Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, yeah Elizabeth Olsen. She was fantastic. She, was. she, you know, she, ha I was very surprised. I'm not a big fan. She's not underutilized in the, in the movies. You know, she doesn't have great, you know, she doesn't, she's not asked a lot in terms of the acting. She's just a lot of that pantomiming stuff. Um, clearly, you know, obviously it's not going to be that way. The series is about her. However, she had all, she had to stand up. It was very much to me like a little bit of the um, Maslani, you know, from, um, ugh, that, you know, where she had to play all those different characters. Orphan yes, Orphan Black. Um, for her to have to like pitch perfect, do the like rep representation of each era of television, she did a great job. And then at the very end, I'll close up with love and loss and grief. Um, I bawled like a baby. And I remember thinking, I was like, I didn't cry this much in therapy last week. Like it was so 
it was so cathartic and so like healing in many ways you know and it was healing for the character it was healing for me she got to say goodbye and that's a part of healing and you know in real grief you know and so she and she pulled it off acting wise so the last thing i will say uh really is what a great thing that this TV show could give us, take the time uh, and give us, you know, uh, give Elizabeth the time to kind of show her acting. And throughout the MCU, we definitely have couples, but like this, this is like a new thing that I'm glad they brought to it, which, you know, we have, um, you know, Captain America and, and uh, you know, his, uh, what's her name? Peggy. What is it? Peggy, Peggy, you know, but you know, that's a little bit of lip service. We have uh we have a uh, pepper pop, you know, and, and, uh, you know, whatever, but this literally was the crux of it was about love, you know, and romance and of course grief. So what a great job they did. Cause we got the MCU stuff that we wanted, but we also got this layer that I've never seen in the movie. So I think they did a great job utilizing, you know, the medium of television and, and series and, and brought me something new, which I, let's be honest, MCU kind of gives us the same stuff. We want it, but it's kind of the same stuff. So the, I thought this was a great, great way to, you know, do something different with, you know, given the different medium. All right, go ahead, Tom. I absolutely loved it. I, I woke up early just because I'm a middle-aged dude <laughs> at four and I watched it the first time then. And then I watched it the second time before noon after I had to run some errands. But the thing I love about this whole thing, about the whole miniseries, is the way it was constructed, the way they plotted it out, but how small in focus it was. We're used to MCU, fate of the cosmos, the entire reality. This is about one woman coming to terms with her grief. It is literally so self-contained, there is a... around the town now there's a lot of collateral damage and i've seen some people complaining that there were no repercussions for what it's like oh grow up everybody hates her (laughs) everybody hates her it's not like you can take her into custody because she's probably the most powerful person in the marvel cinematic universe but she's going to try to figure out how to control her powers and probably one of the most telling uh comments from a friend of a friend on Facebook, a friend who lost her mom recently, and when Monica says, if I had my, if I had your powers, I would have brought my mom back. Because it's very human. And just, you know, I thought they hit all the notes right. So many of the complaints seem to be about all these stupid fanboy theories that didn't pan out. It's like, guess what? They knew what story they wanted to tell. They told it. It could have done without Paul Bettany's operational misdirection casting i evan, thought that was funny <laughs> casting evan peters to Me play too. that wow. was that was that that was a misdirect that that was below them they shouldn't have done that yeah yeah that, well, that was a big that was a big you know like captain america at the end of spider-man homecoming <laughs> so your fan theory turned out to be bs although the door is still open because Agnes is still in the bubble and Ralph is still in the bubble and you know they could reveal more but I like that it was pretty self-contained aside for aside from the setup for Captain America 2 and for Doctor Strange 2 and I I got for Klimt the second time I mean I've lost both my parents in the last uh, 13-14 years so I thought it was What was the kept wait? What was the Doctor Strange two thing? Did you not see the finale? Did you not watch the 
the tag the the yeah, credit credit scene. The, Ram- the Rambo theater is Captain Marvel too, and then she's in a cabin. Right. I, what is that? How's that? How's that? Dr. She's Strange? she's gonna be in Doctor she's, Strange. She's yes, ast- and oh, she's oh, astrally okay. projecting just the way he did when he was learning uh, how to use his magic. Okay. Okay. For, because she's stronger. He got name checked. She can yeah. ast- project, and both of them can be doing two completely different things. And the the boys are calling out to her from the dark hold. Mm-hmm. So ah, okay, I didn't yeah. know that. And and Agatha specifically name checks Sorcerer Supreme. You are okay. more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme at one point. Who is but Sorcerer Supreme? That's Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. That's Doctor Strange. Let's wrap, guys. Let's wrap the uh, Allison. Your thoughts before we wrap yeah, this up. Okay, I I my my thoughts. You know, I'm it's it's I'm kind of between the two. I I loved this series. I mean, this was. This was major appointment TV for me. I joined a group just to talk about spoilers and, you know, and the whole thing because, and I just, and I was right there at 12 midnight, you know, trying to, to get in to watch it. And, you know, so for the last several weeks, um, it's, it's been, you know, amazing television. It's, it was like nothing else on TV and the invention that they showed, the originality that they showed, um, was really fantastic, and I loved it. And I, and I was really hoping that they would be able to hold that straight through the finale, and I don't think they quite did. There were moments of it that I really, really loved. Yes, I cried at the end. I thought they, you know, the, the, the goodbyes at the end with the children and then with Vision were incredibly touching. I loved the scene where Vision, you know, it confronts his, his real self, his, his physical self, and restores his memories, if not his feelings. Um, and, you know, uh, and all of that, of course, is going to play into later stuff. But, you know, but what the finale mostly did for me was remind me, and, and this is probably, depending on what you thought of the series itself, if you didn't like the earlier stuff because it wasn't like what you expect from the MCU, you probably really loved the ending because... The ending was was typical MCU. For for me, that was the the shortcoming of it. It was it just brought it back to oh yeah, this is just to tie in all the threads that we're going to see in the in the later movies, and this is where we have the big battle scene where they you know throw energy bolts at each other, and that gets you know put in in post op, and and they destroy a lot of a lot of property, and and you know, and that's exactly what happened. And uh, you know, I think characters like Agatha turned out to be very one-note villains when she should have been much more complex. I mean, she's much more complex in the in the comics. So it it seems sad to me that they could have given her a better reason for for being um, against Wanda. She says it a couple of times that her powers are dangerous, and so she could have been active actively trying to disempower her because she thought of her as a threat. Instead, they just made her, you know, villainous. Oh, I want the power for myself. Um, so that that that's you know prevented her from being interesting anymore. And the same thing goes with with the head of the um, of, of Sword, who just was you know he he wasn't very threatening. He was ineffectual. He was another bad bureaucrat kind of character. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's disposable. I don't think we'll ever hear from him anymore. And <laughs> I, I wouldn't care if we did. 
Um, and you know, it's it like things like that. And of course the waste that was, that was Evan Peters. I'm sure they thought that was hilarious. You know, we're going to, to mess with the fans and they're all going to come up with these theories. And instead he's just this some joker named Ralph, you know, living in an attic, Ralph li- Boner. living Ralph Boner, living in an attic. Um, and you know, it's, it's, it's like, that seemed like a waste to me, but yeah. I mean, whatever. Um, there, but there were, you know, there were good things. There were bad things. I don't think that they quite stuck the landing, but they didn't like, you know, crash and burn all over the field. No. Um, and and of oh, course, of Thrones. <laughs> it was definitely not a Game of Thrones situation. And I did, while I didn't care much, I'm sorry, sorry, Captain Marvel too. I really, you know, this the first post credit scene was kind of like, that's nice. Um, the 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 the, the the ultimate post credit scene um, was more interesting to me. Right, it was and more menacing. It, it felt a little th- you felt a little threatened. It, did, yeah. it was it was you a little scarier. Exactly, yeah. and, I, and and it was it was more important to the themes of the show that we've been watching because it's it's her and her kids. Right. So you know it it was a mo- much more emotionally impactful scene to have. I will say one thing I missed in the finale is they spent all these episodes building up Monica uh, her, with her powers, and we now know she can do stuff and blah, blah, blah. And she did very little in the finale. She didn't really – I mean, she took some bullets saving the kids, mm-hmm. but that was really it. It felt like a waste. That felt like a waste. I was like, why would you make her into the superhero and then we're not going to use her as a superhero in the finale? That was a little odd. Oh. They should have integrated her better into the finale. They really did. I mean, I know that the reason they gave her those powers was so they can use it in Captain Marvel 2, but they they should have done more with her. Yes, absolutely. I will say, um, before we wrap up, I'm surprised Yusin didn't... uh, I'm surprised Yusin hasn't uh, commented on this, but I will say... Thumbs up on the new the new superhero outfit, the Scarlet Witch outfit. Yeah, oh, that's great. Yeah. Scarlet uh, Witch, nice, yeah. nice cool job, on, nice job, them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, awesome. well, let well now we are gonna wrap up. So I think overall <laughs> we're still saying thumbs up. We still liked WandaVision. Sure, and I, yeah, I yeah. Allison, that it, I think it's a terrific, it's a terrific one season show. But yeah, I just didn't love the last two episodes. But I still really like the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tom, right. I will watch it again with you. <laughs> we can cry <laughs> in the corner with tissues. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you guys have any questions or comments, you send them to tvcampfire at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. We're on uh, sci-fi.radio, Weednopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Later. Bye. Bye.